This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. So I hope you believe that confession. So uh, we're going to get into this, but last week we talked about believing. Actually, we've been talking about believing for a few weeks here. So if you believe it, you act on it. So if that's not, I'm hearing the word, and this is, this is, that confession just, it always flows into what we're teaching, but it flows into what we're going to get to today. So this morning, I'm going to pick up on the second part of what I'm teaching, what I'm focusing on. We're still ministering to the family, um, spirit, soul, and body. I am in the second portion of ministering to the soul. So if, if you're just now hearing this, you can look on our YouTube, you can look on our Facebook, and you can get the other lessons. You can go to our SoundCloud, and you can get the other lessons. Because all of this, even though we're breaking up and different people are speaking on different things, we're teaching on different things, it's all connected. You can't just jump in the middle of this and think that you're going to get the results that we're telling you you're going to get because you need it all. So the purpose of this teaching Exactly what Minister Martin was when he was teaching on the first part. I'm teaching on implementing solution. He was talking about identifying the problem. So the purpose is to find out how to address the struggles with wrong thoughts and depression in marriage after the newness of wears off. Or after things aren't just, when you find out things aren't what you thought they were going to be. It's how to handle struggles with midlife crisis or feeling inadequate or think you're missing out on something. It's learning how to control your thoughts and how to identify when you're too hard on yourself and others. So I said, when you you look at that, you're like, man, that's a lot of things. But when we get down to it, you're going to see that once you get certain things under control and you manage certain things properly, you can handle all of these things. Let's go over to Proverbs chapter 4, which is our foundational scripture. So if you'll turn over over to Proverbs chapter 4. And we're probably going to be going to Proverbs a lot, so you can just put your ribbon somewhere in there. We've got different scriptures in Proverbs today that we're going to be going through. So Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 20. It says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let, not, let, not, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. So we're talking about implementing the solution. The solution to the problem that's going on, the problems that you have, is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. God wants you to have a solution. It's in His Word. The solution is not only hearing His Word. The solution, being here, hearing, physically hearing it, taking it in, that's just not the solution. You're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to get understanding. You're going to have to hear the Word. You're going to have to understand the Word. You're going to have to apply the Word. You're going to have to go after the word. In this scripture it says, attend to. Attend means to pay attention, give heed to, accept information as true and respond. So it's not just, like I said, it's not physically 
and naturally hearing that word, you're going to have to hear it, get that understanding, and respond to it as if it was true. And then the next word it says incline. So it means you're going to stretch out to. You're going to bend towards. It's not just, you're going to have to put some effort for it. It's, it's there. It's there. But let me tell you, the enemy doesn't want you to get this solution. So he's going to throw things at you. You know what? You are going to have to do some things out of your comfort zone. Because naturally, this is not something we do. So you're going to have to stretch towards those things. You have to climb your ear to the word. Once you get the word, it's not just getting it. Now you've got to take another step with it. You've got to keep it in front of you at all times. You've got to keep it in plain view. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to keep focused and concentrate on the counsel of God. And then you've got to keep your heart. You've got to make sure the things that come in and go out, you've got to make sure that that's in line with what you've been hearing. When you're doing all those things, you can live according to the word. You're not just going to come up here and just jump up and start doing everything the way God says. You're going to have to put some things. You have to build a foundation in your life so that you don't look up on things. Sometimes you get things right just because you got it right. Like, you know, like you're doing a trivia. Like I like to do trivia. And I don't know what I have a question. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And I'm just going to pick C. I don't have a reason for picking C. Just my last name starts with it. So I pick it. So I looked up on that answer. That's not how we want to live our lives. What God has done with his word, with his wisdom, with his counsel, he's given us what we need so that when something comes up, we don't have to guess. We know exactly what to do because he's given it to us in his word. So in, in this teaching, I said there are three objectives. We want to look at how to appropriately apply faith and the word of God in our lives. We want to create and maintain the proper atmosphere or environment in our life so we can continue those things. And then once we get that in place, we want to continue. So last week, last week we started talking about how to appropriately apply faith and the word of God in my life. And the first thing we need to look at is what do you believe? What do you believe? What you believe you're going to act on. We talked about faith being the activity of what you believe. So if you, what you believe is wrong... What you're acting on is wrong. Whatever you believe is real, that's how you're going to order your life. So as believers, we have to believe God. We have to believe God. We have to believe who he is, what he says he's going to do. We have to believe that what he says is true. We have to order our lives off of what he said. So we looked over in James, and we're not going to go to the day, but it said, you know what? I'll show you, say you have faith, but you have no works. I'm going to show you my faith by my works. Whatever I believe in, if it's that not backed up by deeds and actions of obedience, it has no power. It's inoperable. So when that happens, I say I believe a certain thing. I believe that God is good. I believe that God is faithful, but I don't act that way. So now what it's saying, okay, God has promised me that he's going to be faithful. But in my life, I don't necessarily see in God being faithful. Does that mean God's not faithful? No. It means that there's a disconnect in what you say you believe, which is the promises of God. It's a disconnect between the promises of God and what you're getting in your life. And that disconnect is what you truly believe. So you've got to go in and you've got to examine what is in your heart. What are the things that you are really actively acting on? I know that seems like the same word, but what do you respond to? What do you, when you have to make a decision, what are you basing that on? Are you basing it on the, the word of God, the counsel of God, or are you basing it on something else? And we went over to 2 Corinthians. I want to turn there because we're actually going to talk 
later on a little bit more in depth on these things. So go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we started in verse 3 and went through verse 6. So I'm going to read that. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we talked about that stronghold, that fortification that's been put up, that's been built in your mind. And then inside those you have those justifications, those excuses, those high thoughts that you have higher than the word of God. So when something happens, you react based on those things that you have that are higher than the word of God. So... We have to make sure that we're not having these justifications, these arguments, these excuses. Those are not the things that we have in high places. We pull those down and we put the Word of God there. So the Word of God, I must hold that in the highest place in my heart and in my mind. Because the Word of God, His standard, I'm going to have to pull down those things that are ungodly and put up those things that are godly. So I can't let circumstances, situations, and other people's actions Make me get out of character. Make me get out of who I am in Christ. So to do that, I have to build my foundation on the Word. So I have to have the Word, I have to hear the Word, and I have to obey the Word. What you hear and what you obey can strengthen or destroy you. And this is where we ended up last week. So let's go over to Matthew chapter uh, 7. So we've got to hear the Word. We've got to obey the word. So let's look at Matthew chapter 7 here. We're going to look at verse 24. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat up on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So here we have a situation here. So let's do the setting here. There is There, there are two groups. There's one group. Okay, everybody's hearing the word. So the one constant here is everybody's hearing the word. Then you've got some people who are hearing the word and doing the word. The word says do and they do. So let's let's bring it into this. The word says submit. Husbands, wives, submit to God. Submit to each other. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husband loves your wife as God says uh, loves the church. There's one group that's doing that. They're actually doing it. In their heart, they've accepted that word. They believe it. They act on it. There are actions in their lives that show it. So think about this in this example. So here's the thing. You hear the word. Here's the instruction. Build your house on a rock. Take the time. Take the foundation. It's going to take longer. It's going to look like nothing's going on. But build your house on this rock. Do the work. 
It's going to take energy. It's going to take planning. But do the work. So you have some people who hear this and they do the work. They obey that work. So then there's another group hearing the same word. And they say, I'm going to build a house, but not necessarily on that rock. I'm just going to build a house. So now life's going on. Two houses. They're standing there. Everything looks the same right now. But now guess what? A storm comes. Now, wait a minute. The storm comes. Oh, the houses still look the same because it's just raining. But now the wind started blowing. Storm gets bigger. Water starts rushing up. You know what? The house that is built on, on not, not built on the rock washes away. It's gone. It falls because it has no foundation. Didn't obey the word. But the house over on the other side, those people, they obeyed the word. They built it on that rock. There's their foundation. Now, what happened is, if you notice, I didn't say the rains didn't come, the wind didn't blow. Same thing happened. They went through the same thing. But guess what? They built their house on that foundation because they obeyed the word. They heard the word. They obeyed the word. So now you've got two different things here. And in, in the word it says you got a wise person who built on the foundation and you got a foolish person who didn't. Now, great was the fall of the foolish person, but the person who built that round that had that foundation, now they're still standing. So what we have to do, life's going to happen to all of us. You know, that's what I, I like this scripture because a lot of times as believers, we have unrealistic expectations. We think, oh, wait a minute. I've grown up in the Word. I, I did everything that I was supposed to do. I followed the Word. My husband or my wife has done this, and we're walking in the Word. We go to a Word church. We tithe. We, we work in the ministry. Nothing bad is going to happen to us. Storms are going to come in our life. That is an unrealistic expectation. That is an imagination that you've got to pull down. You know what? And I know that's one, you don't want to pull that down because it's so nice. You know, it's like, but that's a good one. Can I hold on to that one? No. Because guess what? It's not true. And we want to pull down the lies that the devil has given us. So sometimes when we think lies that the devil gives us, we always think of the bad stuff. But let me tell you, he can put that kind of stuff in your life and have you with an unrealistic realistic expectation and then you start questioning God when things like this come up. But we're not going to question God because he's already given us the answer. That's what we're talking about, learning how to apply the word. So the word of God is not a suggestion. The people, the foolish group in this that, built, that didn't build their house on the rock, they, they built it on sand because they took the word of God as a suggestion. They said it's optional. You know, you know, like I, I do a lot of baking and like they'll put stuff in the recipe and they'll say, this is optional. That means you can, you can bake this and everything's going to turn out all right. The stuff that's supposed to go in there, you got to put that in there. The word of God, it's not optional. It, you don't really have a choice. You do the word of God or you're going to end up with the result of this people who built the, their house on the sand. When you do that, when, you, when you're like the wise group here. You build your house on that foundation. You do what God has told you to do. It's going to take, it's going to seem like it's taking a long time. But be patient. Be patient because what God is doing, a lot of, I don't know a whole lot about building, but I do know this. When they're building a foundation, they don't just build it like right on top. They have to go somewhere sturdy. So sometimes they have to dig deep down. So that's what God is doing. He's saying, let me tell you, I know some things about you. Actually, I know everything about you. There are some things that I know in your past. There are some things that are coming up. And what I need to do is I need to make sure that this is sure. 
I need to make sure all these pieces are sure. So don't get, I don't want to say, don't get discouraged because you're doing things, you're obeying God and you're following his will. And it looks like the people who are building their house on sand, it looks like they're doing so much greater than you. Don't worry about it because you know what? It's not about comparing. God made you. You are an individual. You are unique. You cannot compare yourself to somebody else. That is, once again, that's an unrealistic expectation. So, this is not on my notes, but I'm going to say this. You can't compare yourself to your peer group. And that, that happens a lot. So you'll say, okay, um, what it, you'll say, I'm a millennial. I'm a Gen X. I'm a boomer. I'm a Gen Z. And in that group, we do this. No. You all just happen to be born around the same time. Let it go. You may do some of the same things because of the way, the way society was at that time and certain things you got accustomed to and you still do them, but that doesn't, that's, that's not your identity. Build your house on the foundation of God. Once again, you think it seems like I'm just talking about, well, what, what does it have to do with that? Those, once again, will come, become strongholds in your life. It'll be like, I am this age, so my life needs to be following this path. Unrealistic expectation. Pull it down. Say, God, I'm this age. You know, God knows how old you are. You know that? He actually knows exactly how old you are. You don't know. You don't know. You know, some people were born like at 1159, but the doctor said, oh, looked over a little late. It was 12, so now they're born the next day. So your birthday may not be your birthday. I know it's, I'm throwing all of y'all off now. You're just like, Sister Castillo, I'm about to go get me some coffee. I'm done with you. No. God knows everything about you. So let me tell you. You can say, God, this, my whole life, I've believed I've supp- I'm supposed to do this thing. And God will say, and say, God, what do you want me to do? Because this is what I believe. I've acted on this. A lot of people have, have made decisions that have thrown them off God's path because they did what they thought they were supposed to do instead of doing what God told them to do. So we have to do what God tells us to do. So in that, that means that I've got to know what God is saying to me. Go over to Psalms chapter 119. It's so easy, you know, it's so easy to to hear something and then just kind kind of run after it it gets you excited or maybe it hits a nerve and, and you get emotional about it and you just run after it. You're like, I heard that word. I'm going after that. But we're, we're, we're not going to be unbalanced in the things of God. We're, we're going to be balanced with the word. So we get the word, but, but we find out what God is saying. So let's go over to Psalms 119. We're going to look at verses um, 10 through 11. It says, With my whole heart, have I sought thee? Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So I'm going to have to go after the word. So what, what do I mean by that? I've got to purposefully make sure I hear and study and understand the word. I can't be lazy. I can't be lackadaisical about it. You know, I can't just say, oh, I'll catch it later. I, I'll catch, I'll catch, I know it's, I'm sleepy, it's 845, I don't want to hear this. I just, I'll just catch it later. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on YouTube. You don't know. Facebook may go down. YouTube may go down. Then what you're going to do? You've got to go after the word. The word is there. Go after it. 
then what you have to do is you have to be diligent. And diligent means it means it's the thing I'm going to do. I'm not going to stop. Just because here here's what will happen. You'll hear a word and like you're hearing this series right now. And you're like, God, you these this is good. It sounds good with the same, but it's not addressing what I want want them to address. So I'm not gonna listen anymore. You gotta be diligent. You gotta say I may not think it's addressing what I want, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to keep going after that. You know, they read a scripture, and I'm looking in my Bible, and I see another little scripture over there. Let's study that out. Let, let's, let's try to get some, under, let's try to figure things out. Not necessarily figure it out, but let's go after this. Let's not be lazy. When you go after something, once again, um, we'll go back to, like I was saying with the baking, um, the things that are optional. Like, like there's one, one recipe that I follow. They say, you can use this ingredient, but if you use this ingredient, you're going to get this type of result. Now, the other ingredient, I may have to do a little bit more work or pay a little bit more for it, but I want a great result. So I'm going to go get that thing. That's being diligent. It means I'm going to go after this. I'm gonna, it's going to cost me something to go after this. It's not just what's convenient. I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to keep the word before me, and I'm not going to be inconsistent. I'm going to be consistent. We're going to get into talking about disciplining yourself, but you're going to have to be consistent. You're going to have to get the word, be diligent, keep it before your eyes, and then you're going to have to get understanding. So, turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. We can hear things. And what was said is not actually what we heard sometimes. Um, we can hear things and maybe um, the way the speaker used the term is not necessarily the way you understand it to be defined, so you hear something different. And then there are just some things you just need clarification on. Like your mind just can't grasp Well, I'm going to say my mind just can't grasp it. So we can't lean to our own understanding. Let's go over to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 5 through 7. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, fear the Lord and depart from evil. So, here it is. So we want to trust. We want to trust. We want to have confidence. In God, with our whole heart. So when we do that, I'm not going to lean into my own understanding. I'm going to have some type of understanding, but I want to go towards God. I want to trust in Him. So I'm going to acknowledge Him in all my ways. See, a lot of times we think that God's not concerned with certain specific things in our lives. We think that's too little for me to get take to God. But it says here, in all thy ways acknowledge Him. He's concerned about it. If you're concerned about it, He's concerned about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to trust him. I'm going to acknowledge him. That means I'm going to go to him and I'm going to say, God, this is happening. Show me. Let me let me show me what's going on. And when I do that and I'm not wise in my own eyes, I can depart from evil. So I can't filter the word of God through my experiences, through my biases, through my likes, through my dislikes, through what I'm used to, through my culture. Some people may say, I have a problem with a woman teaching me. Don't filter the word through God of that, through that. That's your problem. 
That's not God. God's like, I'm going to use who I'm going to use. That's one of the things, this is off the subject, but when somebody says, I have a problem with you or I have a problem with this, the first word in that sentence tells you what's going on. I. They have a problem. Guess what? It's not yours. You may be the object of the sentence, but let them have it. You got your problem? Amen. You just identified your problem. Now God is giving you solution. So, you can't let you, you can't let your biases, your tendencies get in the way of you getting understanding from God. Because we can do that. Because we're, you know, in our mind, you know, we're always right. We, it, we, we are the pillar of our own truth. But we are not. God is. So we will take our finite selves and think that we're going to understand an infinite God. And that's not going to work. So, because I'm finite, I need to go to him who is infinite to get understanding. So, I've got to ask God for understanding. Go over to um, James chapter 1. So, if I'm asking God for something, I'm going to pray to him. So, in this, prayer is essential. You're going to, you're going to have to communicate with God. God is going to communicate with you. If you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. So, when we pray, we're not going to go to God in this kind of demanding, bossing God around, God give me, God do this. He's God. When I go to God and I'm asking him for something, I'm in need. I have the need. He doesn't. So I'm going to go with humility. I'm going to go with a heart of repentance, understanding that he is God and he has the answer. I believe that. And I know a lot of us say, well, I just say that because I believe he's going to do it. You know what? And this is the best way I can say it. Don't disrespect God in your prayers. You know, there are certain people in your life, there are certain ways that you speak to them. Even when you're being informal or you're in a relaxed environment, there's still a way that you speak to them. Remember, if you do that with people in your life, how should you be with God? Don't go to God acting like, you can, like you're the boss. Because if you're the boss, then don't go to God, you're the boss. Remember that. You, you know, check your attitude. Check your heart. So let's go to James chapter 1. So what, what are we asking God for here? Seven, um, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally, and abraveth not, and it shall be given him. So guess what? You don't have wisdom? Ask God. And guess what? He'll give it to you liberally. So God will give you what you need. When you hear the word, you, like you're hearing these teachings, and maybe there, there are things you're like, I, I'm just not understanding. Ask God. Say, God, I'm not understanding. Help me to see. Show me what I need to see. So we'll hear the word, or we'll read the word, but you just have to, you also have to get a clear understanding. You just can't take your own understanding of it. Once you hear the word and God gives you an understanding, and he gives you wisdom, then the word becomes alive in your heart, in your mind. It stops just being words on a, on a, in a book. It stops being words that you've been hearing other people say and seeing the results in their lives. What happens is it becomes something to you it becomes alive in your heart then you can live in it you can produce what God is calling you to produce 
So first of all, you've got to get understanding, and then you can appropriately apply the word in your life. So here's an example of that. Um, faith. We've been, here, we've been teaching about faith. And we said, faith, you can't have faith to save your marriage. And you say, well, what is faith for? What am I have faith? We found out faith is for salvation. So in salvation, there are certain things that God tells us. That I'm dead to sin, I'm alive to God. So I, when I go to him, I'm alive to him, I have a relationship with him. So now, I start to, I, I, that, there's my faith, I'm working that out. I start to act on those things. I start to live a different way. My reactions are different because I have faith, because of my salvation. I believe that. So the way I live is different. My reactions to people are different. My lifestyle is different. So guess what? Now, things in my life start to change. Not because I had faith for these things to change, but I had faith for salvation. And what I did, I inclined my ear to the word. I looked up the word. I I heard the word. I got understanding. I obeyed the word. And now I see these things are changing, not so much as because those things have changed, because I've got those instructions. Now I can apply those things, and I can make a difference because what I believe in my heart, and I can actively act on those things. So, when we have the wisdom of God, it brings success and prosperity. Go over to um, Proverbs 19. What You may say you want a thing, but if you don't go after it, you're not going to get it. You know, I can say, I've been saying it like for about a year and a half, like I want some muscles. I want some muscles. I, like, yeah, I want to have like, yeah, you know, be all, what is it? I will, I'll cut up. I don't know if they say it anymore. But if I want muscles, guess what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to do a lot. I don't even talk about it. But most of it, I'm not going to do. I'm going after the chips. I'm going after a nap instead of working out. So I say I want to be in good shape and have muscles. But what am I really going after? Sometimes we say we want a godly marriage. I want to be a godly wife. I want to be a godly husband. But I'm not putting in the work of doing those things. I'm not going after what God says I need to go after. I'm looking at the things I want to do. Go over to uh, Proverbs chapter um, 19. Let me get there. Proverbs chapter 19. We're going to look at verse 8. He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. And that he that keepeth understanding shall find good. So, getteth mean that you have to go after it. You've got to go after it. So, when you get wisdom, we've been talking about hearing the word, being diligent, applying the word. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to let God give you understanding. You're going to have to be, you're going to have to get this wisdom. It's just not going to come, it's, it, it actually it is kind of chasing you. But you've got to turn around and go back towards it. You've got to stop running away from godly counsel and the word of God and run towards the word of God. You've got to stop putting your strength and your energy in trying to make your way God's way and just say my way is not God's way. Drop it and pick up God's way. So when you decide that you're going to get wisdom, it shows that you're concerned about the outcome of your life. It shows that you're concerned about your destiny. It shows that you're not leaving your, the outcome of your life to chance. So what you're saying, here's the thing, the word of God is proven. It brings godly success. You see it in the word, you see it in people's lives, but listen, you are not going to do things 
in an ungodly manner and get godly results. You're going to have to go after the things of God. So you're going to have to go after wisdom. You're going to have to apply it and you will have success. Once you get it, you know the thing about it is once you get something like if I ever do what I'm supposed to do and start getting muscles, I can't go back to, once I get the muscles, I can't go back to eating cookies and chips. i got to maintain it. So once we get wisdom, we've got to keep it. We've got to guard it. What you're looking for, the problems, the issues, you know, some of us, there are hurts in our heart that we want healed. There are voids that we want filled. But guess what? That's not going to be filled by man. You're not going to fill it. Because if you could, you would have already done it. That's going to be done by God. So you're not going to go in and say, God, help me, and then go choose something else to get help from. What do you believe? If you believe that God is going to help you, you go after his word. If you believe God is going to help you, that he has the solution, that he, you know what? Hold on, let me say this a different way. If you believe that God has helped you and that all you need to do is walk in his word, then do it. To do that, though, we're going to get to the second point here, is you've got to create and establish an environment or an atmosphere in your life that is conducive to walking in the word of God, to following after him. You're not going to have a successful life if you don't foster the right environment. Think about this. Think about the rainforest. There are a lot of things that grow in a rainforest. But you're not going to find a cactus in a rainforest. Because a cactus needs a desert environment. It needs dry, hot air. Not not the humid air, not the wet air that you find in a rainforest. So, if I want godly success, I am not going to get godly success If I don't establish and maintain a lifestyle that's conducive to godliness, that means that the the, um, conditions don't support godliness. What do I mean by that? I can't plant seeds of drama. You know what I'm talking about, drama people. I can't plant seeds of drama and expect fruit of peace. That's not what you planted. I can't have a horrible thought life and think all these crazy thoughts about my, spy, uh, about my spouse and then expect to be a good godly spouse. My mind is all crazy. I don't, have, I don't have what it takes to do that. I can't hold on to everybody else's issues and everybody else, what's going on with everybody else and be a busybody keeping up with all everybody else and expect to have a peaceful and effective life. That's just not what's going to happen. So... A lot of times, like I said, in all earlier, we talked about all our ways acknowledging God. All of your life, the wholeness of you has to be submitted to God. Everything. So, the kingdom of God, and we've been talking about this on Wednesday night, the kingdom of God has to permeate every part of your life. When something permeates something, it goes into it. It goes through it and it goes out. That is how the word of God should be in your life. If you've got ungodliness in there, the godliness can't get in and can't get through. So you've got to submit yourself to God. This is where we're coming back to this prayer. You've got to go back and you've got to ask God, God, 
Once again, I see your promises. I see that you're saying if I do these things, I can have godly success, but somehow things aren't working out for me. So I've got to go to God and say, God, I know you are true. So what's going on in my life? What area in my life or areas do I need to go in and make sure is godly? Do I need to go in and and take some time and look at these things a different way? So I've got to ask God that. And when he gives you the answer, don't look for another answer. Don't look for shortcuts. Don't look for workarounds. You know what I mean by workarounds? You know, a lot of times we do this like with, with different things. You're supposed to plug it in this way, but you don't have that plug, so you use something else and you use something else. And you're just trying to get it fixed. You just want to get it going. And then when something breaks, you don't even know how to fix it. Stop looking for workarounds. Stop trying to do your thing and then put God's name on it. God's like, no. You're not going to take a part of your way, part of the world's way, and then get and part of God's way and get a godly seed. That's called a hybrid. That's not what God does. God is like, it's my way or no way. You're not going to bring that stuff in here. You can bring it, but you're going to get the life that you brought. That You're going to get what you brought in. Remember, we talked about sowing and reap. So, I can't be afraid to do the work and to go through the process. So, in order to create and maintain a proper atmosphere in my life, first of all, point A here is I must renew my mind and discipline my flesh. And actually discipline my mind as well. Go over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. So, I must renew my mind and I must get some discipline in my life. So, 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read the scripture. A lot of time we read the scripture, but the part that I'm going to focus on is not usually what we focus on here. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So here's the thing here. Now, if you've used this scripture and you said, for God has given me the spirit of fear, he's given me power. And you're like, yes, God, I believe that. I'm going to act on that. you got to act on all of it. Though, once again, you can't, you can't just take the word and do it how you want to do it. So guess what? What I want to focus on is that last one, a sound mind. So you don't have the spirit of fear. That means you also have a sound mind. What does that mean? Means sound mind means discipline, self-control, self-imposed discipline means being under control. So that means I must actively apply self-discipline or self-control based on the standards of, of God. I must allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct my life. I must discipline myself based on the Word of God. Go over to Proverbs chapter 25. So, I have a sound mind, because that's what God has given me. That means I have some self-control. I'm disciplined. Things are under control. Proverbs chapter 25, we're going to look at verse 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So, when you have no control over your own spirit or you have no self-control, what, what that is is saying is like you're like a city that's broken down without walls. That means that you are left open. You're leaving yourself open to sudden invasion, invasions and attacks of evil thoughts and successful temptations. So listen, the enemy, the things are going to always come towards you. They're going to come towards you, but 
In this case, when you don't have self-control, there's nothing there to stop it. So now you're being overrun. That's why this successful attacks, temptations, you're falling to those things. So if you lack self-control, you set yourself up for trouble. If you lack self-control, that is not the environment that you need in your life to live a successful, godly life. So what we have to do, we're going to have to do some work. In order to do this, we're going to, what I'm going to call is we're going to build a perimeter. And in this, this perimeter, it's an internal part that we're going to do, and then there's an external part. Today, we're going to talk about the internal. So, there has to be a perimeter. What I mean by this, go back when we talked about it in 2 Corinthians, the uh, stronghold that was built up, and I said there was a fortification, and we pull those down. What we need now is we need the Word of God. We need His standard, and we need to build that up. So we have to have that boundary. We have to have that fortification. This is something that we can work within to keep our thoughts and our mind and our heart in check according to the Word of God. So what do I mean by that? That is a dividing line. That perimeter is a dividing line. There are certain things that I can think, and there are certain things that I can't think. When that, thing, when that thought comes up, it may come up, but it gets kicked out. It does not belong there. There are... This line, this perimeter, it has to be definite and it has to be clear. It's based on the standard of God. It's what God has told you to do. It's, told, it's what God, how God has told you to order your life. So what I'm going to do, so this is, once again, go back to what we just talked about. I've got to hear the word. I've got to understand the word. I've got to apply the word. So now here comes the application. I've heard the word. I've got understanding. Now I'm going to apply it to build this fortification so what God wants in my life stays in and what should not be in my life is pushed out. Now, in the last few minutes, we're going to talk about active versus versus passive. So we're talking about build a perimeter. You... I, each of us, has to do the work. You can have an active mind or you can have a passive mind. Last scripture, go over to Proverbs chapter 13. Talking about the active mind versus the passive mind. Uh, verse 4 in Proverbs 13. The soul of the sluggard desireth and haveth, hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. So, here's what the New Living Translation, here's how it reads that scripture in the New Living Translation. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. So what does that have to do with active versus passive mind, right? If you work... If you do what's necessary, you're going to have, you're going to prosper. So a passive mind, passive, the word passive means accepting or allowing what happens or what others do without active response or resistance. And a passive mind allows any thought or emotion to take residence in your mind and your heart without examining it, examining it on the basis of the word of God. So what it does is it lets that thought get in the perimeter. It just lives there. Remember, the passive mind walls are down. Successful. Uh, they're going to fall to those temptations. But active, the word active means 
engaged in action characterized by energetic work participation and an active mind it examines the thoughts and the emotions based on the standard of God an active mind is prepared to challenge their own thoughts and emotions when they come in based on the word of God an active mind will say why did I think that an active mind will say does that thought that I just have align with the word of God something will happen and you have an emotion and say why do I feel that way this is internal reflection. It's self-reflection. Nobody else can do this but you. So you're going. This is once again. You're going to have to. You're going to have to talk to God about these things. You have to show Him how to lead you and guide you, so that when you're when you're examining these things in your mind, that you have the right understanding. When thoughts come to your mind and you are examining them based on the Word of God. Don't focus on the thought. Focus on the word of God. And then what will happen is you will start to see. It will start to become clear to you whether or not that is something you should keep or something you should, should throw away. So the passive mind is always going to be attacked. The passive mind is never going to have self-control. An active mind is building that discipline so that they can do and obey the word of God. And I am out of time. God is faithful. And we will pick up with this next week. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at